I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, great weather if you're a tomato. Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to get hot today. Watering, turn the spigot on. Doug Oster may have someone do his watering, but Mrs. Know-it-all is going to be here within the hour to explain everything that you need to know about watering. And we're going to begin on that note with Doug in just a moment. But as we always begin, DougOster.com, the organic gardener, Sunday morning, 7 to 8 a.m., Rob Pratt Sunday. We give you an opportunity, if you're the 10th caller, to win a gift certificate from Sorgles at 412-922-1020. All of your heat-related questions, everything that's growing in your garden, Garden and more. Get on the line right now at 866-391-1020. Mr. Oster, are you staying cool, sir? Oh, good morning, Rob. Yeah, I'm staying cool. How about you? How do you, uh, do you like the heat? Or... I do. I do. I know. I've, okay. I've always been a creature of habit. I like all the seasons. What I miss the most is being lathered up in suntan lotion with a nice base <laughs> and simply walking along the beach as the waves are crashing against your feet. I I could walk endlessly on a beach, but uh, not a part of the future this summer. But I do like the heat, but I understand it can be really hazardous to your health. And so people have to be careful. You have to be smart. And if you have underlying issues, and especially with the headlines we're dealing with, Doug, you got to be smart. My question to you is, why don't you like watering? What's up with that? Oh, just dragging that hose around. Uh, you know, I, I drag the hose, I don't know how what it is, 600 yards out to the vegetable garden. Every time it, I do... Is it that far? Yeah. Every time I do, it, it catches on something or it kinks on something. <laughs> I have a, a video on Pittsburgh Today Live on Friday show, showing all this and, and how I do my watering. But I do, yeah, I do want to talk to Mrs. Know-It-All about how she deals with it. As gardeners... You know, yes, you know, you love the heat. Like you said, it's great for a tomato. This is this has been a wonderful tomato year as far as rain is concerned because in the last three seasons we've got way too much rain. But I am getting lots of questions about something called blossom end rot. And what happens is you, you'll be growing this tomato since May, and then on the bottom you'll see this brownish or black lesion and it's very disappointing. <laughs> Every day I've been getting an email from people saying, what is this? I haven't seen it before. And it is a, a watering issue. Uh, but there's more to it than that. Blossom end rot means that the plant can't uptake the calcium that it needs from the soil. The calcium is usually there or in the container. It's just that the soil needs to remain evenly moist for a tomato. And so, like today, if we get this storm today, You'll, you'll have this dry weather for three or four days, then a deluge of water, and then dry again. And that's just not what tomatoes like. The, the, the positive on blossom end rot is that sometimes the, the tomato itself can heal. And then when we do see blossom end rot on those first tomatoes, we know that we've got to do something. We've got to, we've got to continue that watering you know, once a week or twice a week, depending on, on the weather. And the the tomatoes, subsequent tomatoes, might not have it. Uh, the the tomatoes that are most prone to this usually, well, there's there's all sorts of varieties 
that are, are prone to it. But usually we, when we see sauce tomatoes and then tomatoes in containers, those are the ones we usually see with blossom end rot. So it, it's all about watering. As I said, and this is not what I was going to talk about watering later in the show. My plant that uh, I put in a little over a week ago, the seeds of lettuce, uh, of greens, of beans, of a winter radish have all come up. But the first thing I'm going to do when I'm done with the show is get out there. Those little transplants need water. And so that's what it's all about when it's warm, warm like this. Uh, I don't want to pour a lot of water on the garden because I'm always watching the weather. And so I'm hoping for this rain tonight. You know, not a bad storm, but just some rain. Um, I did want to talk about my upcoming trip. And, you know, it's a year from now, and hopefully... I hope we're out of this in a year, but I'm taking people on this yacht and only hold 36 people. And it's in July of 2021, but to get the boat, I've, I've waited a long time to, to offer this trip to get the boat. I need to be booked by August. So it's a little more than halfway filled up. I know it's a long way off. I know there are a lot of worries about traveling in a year, but if the trip doesn't go, you, you get every penny of your money back. Uh, I, you know, traveling has become a big part of my life, taking people to these different gardens around the world. And it's been wonderful, a wonderful experience with the gardeners. And Croatia has been on my list for a long time. And this specific trip with this little boat, and I, I don't mean a little boat, but, you know, a, not a boat for 400 people or 4,000 people, but just a, a, a cool boat for 36 of us. And, boy, we're going to see a lot of cool stuff there. It's a 12-day trip. Seven of those are uh, on the Adriatic Sea in this boat. And if you're interested, you can see all the information at DougOster.com or give me a call. And, you know, I have a new cell phone number, and it is a public number. It is a number that I take texts on for questions and such. And it's 412-277-7421. That's 412-277-7421. 7421. And I also wanted to put out my email. Um, I, I answer lots of questions via email, too. And you can also just go to DougOster.com. There's a little contact thing in there that will send it right to my email. But my email is DougOster at Comcast.net. And feel free to, to reach out to me if you've got garden questions. That's what I love to do. That's, that's what I spend a lot of my day doing. And it feels good to, to help people or if I can't help them, at least point them in the right direction uh, to help. Uh, you know, we talk about this heat, and yesterday the uh, the team from Davy Tree came to the property to cut up this huge oak tree that fell uh, four feet in diameter. And uh, I I feel for these guys. The two guys came nine in the morning, and it was already hot. And they've got all that protective gear on the the chaps and the helmet and oh I don't I just don't know how they do it but I was so so glad they came you know and they were in and out and got everything cut up can you imagine cutting up a tree that is 4 feet in diameter and turning it into firewood that's the thing it was cut into 2 foot lengths which 
uh, I can't imagine was easy. Uh, it was something, and there was no way, <laughs> no way that that I could do that job. And that's why uh, <laughs> we we always reach out. Hey, to David. let me let me let me ask you a Davy Tree question. I wish that right. Dick Till or Miles or someone was here, but it's going to have to be you. I've learned a lesson. You know, manicuring your trees just by lopping something off is not a good idea. And Doug has uh, schooled me on that many times. But I, I got a little bit of an issue with a branch that's growing out in front of my garage door. It's a beautiful tree, and I don't really want to do the wrong thing. The majority of the tree is on the other side of the fence. Can you clip just a short piece of a branch off, or is that not a good idea, Doug? Well, first, you just need to know we need to figure out what kind of tree it is. Because uh, there are some trees, like elms and oaks, that we wouldn't want to, to prune right now because, you know, and I've learned this from the guys from Davey, right. because these diseases could enter the plant. But I did, I had a question uh, about a guy with, uh, in the same situation with you, he had an oak by his garage, and he didn't tell me what kind of car it was, but he told me that every time he, he drove his car into the garage, the branches were scratching it, but it was an oak. And he said, well, can I cut it? And I said, gee, I don't know. You're going to have to call the experts at Davey. And he did. And actually, uh, uh, the arborist from Davey had looked at his tree before he came to look at my tree. And what they did with the oak tree, this isn't. he said, this isn't the optimal way to do it, but sometimes you have to cut a branch. And so he, he said, what you can do is get go take it back to the tree, and you can cut it for this reason, but... You have to seal it with, uh, with you know, with some tree goop, and we've you know over the years we've told people don't do that. But in this case, with an oak, and it's in the way, this is the only way to deal with it. So that, so let's figure out, Rob, what that tree is, and then we can take it from there. The car was a Porsche, and my friend who is the arborist said. If it was me, I would have taken the whole tree down. He was just kidding. But I, I'll be honest, I'm I'm more worried about the tree than my car. You know, I mean, I just I don't <laughs> want. Well, you know, I've no I've been in this house now since 2013, and I'm on the back porch the other day, catching a breath in between work, and I'm looking out and thinking, and my grass is dying, and all this other stuff. And I said, Mike, these trees are just overwhelming now in my backyard. They're getting near the power lines, and they're just growing. So. What do you do when it comes to a power line? Is that your responsibility, your landlord's responsibility? Do you call the power company? What do you do? Yeah, that, in that case, in that case, you call a Duquesne Light if, if there's uh, or whoever your power company is. If there's a tree that that's anywhere near a power line, of course we know you, you would never touch it as a consumer, as a homeowner. But yes, you you call Duquesne Light or whoever your power company is and say, hey, this tree is up in in the. Uh, in the the wires, can you come take a look at it? And they will. They've got like a whole division that does that sort of thing. You you, you never want to touch a tree like that. But Rob, with your car, I mean, you've been in that house for so long. But geez, a '53 Studebaker—that's a pretty nice car. Hey, listen, there's nothing like a Studebaker. <laughs> a little tough to get parts for, but I, I absolutely love it. Uh, listen, we'll come back. Uh, Doug's got a lot to get to. Phones are going to get really busy, so if you have a question, call now eight six six three nine one ten twenty. Congratulations to Diane and Allison Park, winner of that gift certificate from Sorgles. We'll be back. Doug Oster, it is the Organic Gardener. Find out more about everything that he does. DougOster.com. And don't forget get book a well trip to croatia next summer july of 2021 with doug i think you'll find it fascinating 
Yes, he is. DougOster.com. Phones are busy, so let's get right to work. First stop is the South Hills. Let's say hello to Kathy, who's on the air now, wanting to talk lawn care with Doug Oster. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. Um, obviously, my lawn is under the drought. I use a lot of the Jonathan Green products. I have Love Your Lawn, Love Your Soil. was wondering if I can apply that, uh, hopefully, if it does rain today. Uh, I would wait. Uh, I would wait until things cool off just a little bit. Uh, it looks like 90s most of the week, and and I don't don't think that would be a great idea. Give it give it a week or two until at least we get down into the 80s into more s- summer temperatures. And yeah, wait for the rain too. Uh, but yeah, it's a little too hot for me. Okay. Okay. That's all, all right, I needed just, to just, know. Yeah. Hold off a little bit. All right, let's say hi to Virginia. Hi, Virginia. Good morning. Um, I have uh, my hibiscus uh, plant. Is uh, The leaves are yellow, yellowing on it. Is it too much water or not enough? So is it the type of hibiscus that you bring in and out that has pretty tropical flowers, or is it the, is it the one that stays outside all year round and comes back as a perennial? Do you know? Oh, no, it's, um, it's just the summer. Okay. Uh, let's take a look at the watering. So what size container is it in? Do you know, uh, one you could carry or one smaller than yes, that? Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, and then how often are you watering it? Um, once a day. Okay. Again, depending on where it's at, you know, when you go out there before you water it, just stick your finger down into the dirt as far as you can go. If it's dry, yes, it needs water. But if it's still moist, you might wait a day. You you never know with a container. Uh, that's the the best way to, to to do it. And then the other thing I would recommend for you is it might not be a watering issue. It might be a nutrient issue. And so for plants like that that are coming in and going out in the same pot year after year, we need to help out the nutrients a little bit. And there's a you know, lots of different organic liquid fertilizers that you can get at any nursery. And I would I would feed that during the summer uh, once a week with that and just use it as one of your waterings where you can just uh, add that concentrate to the, the watering can and then feed it that way. And then you'll be okay. You know, just check. I that. have one check. other question to ask oh, about it. Um, I have some ants <laughs> with it, too. There's some ants crawling up the stem. Don't sweat that. Don't worry about it. Uh, oh, okay. They're they're after something sweet. Either uh, there's a few aphids on there that are making some honeydew or or something else. Don't sweat that. It's it's okay. All right, listen. We got about two minutes before the break, and not enough time to give everybody a fair shake here before the bottom of the hour. So, if you're on hold, stay on the line. And if you'd like to join Doug, give him a call eight six six three nine one. 1020. What do you do to beat the heat? Because I know being that you've been home much more than not because of what's happening in the world, you get itchy, you want to get out there, you want to work. What do you do on a day like today? Do you just kind of let most of it go or do you get out there and make the most of it, even if it is going to be in the 90s, Doug? Uh, I'll start in the morning and uh, again, you know, I'm looking carefully at the weather and I'm like, okay, well, we probably, we got a good, we got a decent shot of getting some rain later. So I don't want to waste the water. Uh, and so I'll take a look around and see certain things, especially containers, you know, with that last caller, uh, you know, 
I've got all sorts of different size containers out there, and each one, I, that's what I'll do. You know, I learned that from Frank Pizzi. He used to run the horticulture department at the zoo. He retired, but he just said, use those fingers, <laughs> and that's what I'll do in those containers is, is in the morning, see which one needs water, and that'll be the first job of the day. Mid-afternoon, I don't like to be out there, and then as we get later in the day, as the sun gets lower, I love being out there because I love to take pictures in the garden and that sort of thing. All right, stay with us. News with Boris, and then more with Doug, the organic gardener. Rob Pratt, Sunday morning, KDK Radio. All right, so here, here's the issue, Doug. Tomatoes. How long have we been doing this show together? How long has it been, Doug? Years? Since 2005, yeah. And so every summer I say, Doug, bring me some tomatoes. Do I not? <laughs> And it's really yes, not been do. it's not been a good tomato crop till this year. The only problem is I haven't seen you since March, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How are we going to do this? I know, I know. I may, ha- I may have to make the. Are you the- going to come out of the? Are you going to come out of the building in a hazmat suit, <laughs> and then I'll have them in the back of the truck or something? Make the handoff, I, or I may have to come out to the Ponderosa. And, oh, uh, I would like that. Oh, my wife would love that. She'd cook you Italian dishes all day long. Fill you up. Well, believe me, I, I may have to do that. But are the tomatoes really as good as I, I, I believe they are this year? It's amazing, yes. Uh, I've been picking a variety called Early Girl. I talk about the, this one plant I got at Chapman's in April, and I'm so glad that they offer those, and got it going early. And I've been picking these Early Girls, and, yeah, because of this dry weather, they just have a better they just have a better flavor. They have that, that Italian summer that they want. And when it rains so much, and those, like it has those last three seasons, they just kind of—they're still great, but they're not—they're not like this. They just get so watery inside. Well, now this—they—they're—it's just a different tomato under these circumstances with the weather, and oh, they are to die for. All right, let's uh, make the tenth caller possibly you at four one two nine two two ten twenty because that would be good news. You will get a. $25 gift certificate to Janowski's. And as I told you, sweet corn tomatoes are in abundance right now. First sweet corn of the season at Janowski's. Okay, let's say hi to uh, Renee in that great community of Aliquippa. Renee, what's, uh, what's hello. up? Hello, Renee. What's on your mind? Uh, I have two trees, Doug. Um, one is a dogwood in, in the front of my house, and the other is a Japanese maple in the back. Now, the, the dogwood tree in the front of the house uh, is half of it is leaning on my roof, so it's either going to have to be trimmed halfway down or taken down altogether. And on the bark of that tree, there is something that looks like a fungus. It's a greenish-white scale all over the tr- trunk of the tree. What is that? What I want you to do, I want you to repeat that slowly, but I also want you to turn your radio down because we were having a hard time hearing you, so turn your radio down. Uh, there okay, you, there, I did that. All right, now tell Doug again what you're dealing with. Go ahead. I'm dealing with problems with two of my trees. The first one is a dogwood tree. Half of it is on the leaning on the roof. It's had a tremendous growth this past winter, I guess because it's been so warm. It's such a warm winter. Um, but also on the, on the bark of that tree, there is a greenish-white scale. It looks like a fungus. What is that? What do you think, Doug? Hello, Doug. What do you think? Are you there, Renee? Okay, we lost Renee. Where's Doug?
All right, what do you say we uh, take a break and see if we can find Doug Oster? Back with more in a moment. All right, congratulations to still winner of that gift certificate to Janoski's where that first of the season sweet corn is now available. We've got Renee and Doug both back on the line. We lost them for a bit. And uh, Doug wants to answer your question, Renee. So here it is. Doug, go. Just uh, texting with Mrs. Know-It-All, and uh, we could confirm that what you're saying on that tree is something called lichens, which is no problem. Uh, it's actually a good thing, and it, it looks scary. It looks like a, a scale or some kind of fungal issue, but lichens are a good thing. Now, as far as the branches are concerned, you're, you're going to need to call Davy Tree and have them take a look at it. The arborists will come out for free and take a look at it and, and its relation to the to the house. The thing we have to know about a spring bloomer like dogwoods is if we did prune it before next spring, we're going to be taking off some of those flowers. And so get an expert to come out and take a look at it because there's, there's no way to know without seeing that in person. All right, up next for Doug, let's say hi to Mary from Russellton talking tomatoes. Hey, Mary, good morning. Good morning. My question is we have a garden with a four-foot fence. We have tomatoes, beans, peppers, squash, and my husband thinks it's a deer that's eating the tops of them. Every top's that's, been eaten. They would, anything they, they we they can love, do. They love the foliage of tomatoes, deer do. Mm-hmm. So uh, is, it, is there any fencing going on there? Yeah, we have four-foot fence up. They're just jumping over the fence. Yeah. Uh, what I would do is I would get a couple fence posts that were higher, and I would run okay. some... Re- I would run some really thick uh, fishing line around the top and run some streamers on it, and they'll think that's the fence up to, and you want to get that up to about seven feet, and that'll stop them from getting in. Okay, put the fishing line on and then put up the sticks up seven feet. Yeah, put like a tomato stake up seven feet tall and then staple on some really thick uh, fishing line. I use what's called 50-pound monofilament. It's very inexpensive, easy to find. And uh, then run, put some streamers on it, and that makes because the fishing line's invisible, and that makes the deer look like it, they'll look at it and see it as just a solid barrier. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Let's keep it going. Here's Diane and McCandless for Doug Oster. Hey, Diane. Hi. How about you? Good. Okay. My my question. We bought a, a house last year. My son bought the house, in fact, and he had these. Long stems grown with a white ball on the end, and then we found out then it was garlic. Okay? okay, and now this year they've come back again, and the the white uh, little white balls on the end have split. And um, and when we pulled pulled them out, the the garlic is only like the size of a gumball. So I don't know, you know, how do we we get bigger ones? So that might be wild garlic, and uh, on any garlic, we remove that top seed head. Uh, in June, and so that puts more uh, power into the uh, into the bulb, making a big bulb. I would recommend uh, removing when if you see that next year, remove it and see see how big your uh, your bulbs get. And then this fall, plant some real garlic, buy some garlic from from a local farm, and plant that in October. And then you, that's another way to get the big uh, bulbs. Okay, plan it in October. That's good. That's what we'll do. Thank you. And she's here, Doug. Go right ahead. 
All right, time for Mrs. Know and all. That's horticulturist Denise Schreiber. And first of all, Denise, are you okay? You took a fall on live, uh, doing a live Facebook. Yeah, I'm okay. Um, I'm waiting for some results of an MRI on my ankle. Um, but other than that, you know, the uh, I didn't have a concussion when I smacked my head and my nose. Um, and if you notice, I, finally, I continued I, the video afterwards. Yeah, I, I finally watched it. It was very scary. Uh, let's talk a little bit about watering. How are you dealing with this heat, and, and what is the best way for people to water their gardens? Okay, really, plants want water at their roots. Um, you see the commercials of fertilizing, and they, you know, they have this spray, and you spray the leaves. And they'll get a little bit of nutrients, but the best way to water and fertilize is at the roots. Um, I myself have soaker hoses in my garden, and I've been running them for two to three hours at least twice a week. So I haven't had any problems with blossom end rot. Um, people, I, I've been seeing this, and I want to, like, bang my head against the wall. They're putting tums at the bottom of their uh, tomatoes when they plant them. They are using Epsom salts, you know, because that's what was always recommended. And Epsom and salts actually contain no calcium. Right. Uh, uh, yes, I've been hearing all the same sort of things. Uh, yeah. And, so, and it, it, it's all about watering, right? Right. It, the water, if it gets enough water on a regular basis, helps uh, the calcium in the – there's already calcium in the tomato, and it helps it uh, move around better to form a tomato without getting the blossom end rot. So, you know, even watering, regular watering, you know, um, everybody's had those storms the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any of it at all. I live in Pleasant uh, I haven't seen a drop of it. You know, I'm like, I hear the thunder, I see the lightning, and it just keeps on moving by. So I have been watering. I mean, my lawn has deep cracks in it. I'm not watering my lawn. But I am watering all my trees and shrubs and the vegetable garden. You know, people, people think that <clears throat> excuse me, trees have deep tap roots. Very few trees have tap roots. Most of them have surface roots within the top three to four inches of the uh, soil. So you need to water them. Mulching is important too. You don't want to over mulch. A couple inches of mulch is fine to help uh, keep the soil cool as well as help retain the moisture. But here again, you know, if you have vegetables, you know, I'm growing celery. Celery is mostly water, so I really need to get out there and make sure that they're getting enough water. And that's what people need to do. And you were talking about the trick about sticking your finger in the containers to see if there's enough water, you know, if it needs water or not. And that's an old trick that we've all been doing for years. You get down to the second knuckle. If it's dry, it needs watered. You can't let it go. And containers dry out a lot faster. The bigger the container, the better off you are instead of trying to grow a tomato in even a five-gallon bucket can be a little iffy. If you can get something bigger, go to a nursery. They have those old tree pots that they have. Those are great to actually plant in. You know, they're nice and big, and you put your soil in there and plant it, and they will grow like crazy. Is there a certain time of the day you like to water? I, wa- I Actually, when I got the phone, I'm going to go out and water. I like to water in the morning as much as I can because it helps the plant kind of get through the stress of the day. You know, these 90-degree 
days are not meant for plants or for us yeah. at that matter. And I like yeah. hot weather. So that's really the time to get out there and water. You don't want to water late at night, you know, or like once it starts get, getting dark because the leaves don't have time to dry off. And that's when you start having fungal issues. So even if you water at noon, if you really want to go out there, you can still do that. You know, it, there's leaves are still going to dry off. The plant's going to, you know, thank you and say, oh, yeah, I really, it's like them getting into a swimming pool that, you know, they're going to be able to get that water, but make sure you water deeply. That's the key part, you know, not, you know, five minutes. I realize everybody's water bill is going to look like the national debt, including mine. But if if you want your vegetables and, you know, whether they're in the ground or in containers, you've got to water. All right, Denise, thanks very much. Good to hear you're on the mend, that's for sure. And uh, you can see that fall if you go to Denise uh, Shriver's uh, Facebook page. Listen, before we say goodbye, any news notes you'd like to share with the audience, especially because of the warm weather ahead, Doug? Well, just, as I said, watch the weather. I hope you get the rain, but I hope you don't get too much rain. And start thinking now, as soon as things cool off a little bit, that you're going to continue to plant. You're going to put things in like beans or like winter radishes, some greens. We want to keep the garden going as long as we can. And if you plant now, you're going to be having a great fall harvest. I've got lots of information at DougOster.com about what I'm planting and what I'm doing, and there's lots of videos there too. Uh, It's a good resource for you. And and always know you can reach out to me. I want to answer your questions uh, through that website, DougOster.com. You know what to do, sir. It's that time. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. Ladies and gentlemen, Doug Oster has left the building. All right, listen, if we didn't get to you, we'll get to you next week. But in the meantime, it's time to put a little sizzle in this show. It's all about steaks, porterhouse, New York strips, T-bone, filet mignon, round steak. We are going to serve up some great steak recipes from medium Rare to well done, folks. So get going and call us right now with all of your favorite steak recipes as far as how you cook them, how you marinate them, and what you like to put on them. Ladies and gentlemen, from A1 steak sauce to a bottle of Heinz ketchup, we have got it all for you today on the Coons Cooking Hour. Start dialing now, 866-391-1020. Dollar Bank Instant Access, kdkradio.com. And before the hour is up, some lucky listener is going to take home a $25 gift certificate from Coons Market for simply calling in with your favorite steak recipe. Joe and Frank Dentisi getting ready to enter the studio at KDK Radio. But we are just minutes away from the latest news, live and local in the KDK Radio newsroom with Boris Shiloff. And don't forget, still to come today, Hepfron Tillotson's Your Money and You, Jim Meredith, Belinda Schlagenhop, 9 to 11. And we wrap up our day with the Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday Show, which begins at 11 a.m. All part of that weekend tradition, Rob Pratt Sunday on News Radio 1020, KDKA. Good morning.